0: Next? Yeah, who's next?
1: Who's
0: Welcome to The Clan! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business the climb c-l-i-m-b-u-c is an acronym that stands for creating leverage in the music business it couldn't be plainer than the nose on your face right Uh, let me introduce you to my co-host mr brent baxter brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by alan jackson randy travis lady Annabelle, joe nichols and more and what i love about brent he helps songwriters like you Turn Pro by teaching the art, the craft and the business of songwriting. And you can find Brett at Brent at songwritingpro.com. That's songwritingpro.com.
2: And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. It's an innovative artist development company. They help you find your sound and they help you find your audience. Not only do they develop and improve your artistry, they also grow and monetize your fan base creating cash flow. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S. Why no S? Because there's only one Johnny Duneau. How are you Hello. doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> right I'm just waiting to see if uh, if the guest we had on the last episode will, you know, if we ran him off or if, you know, if he's going right. to answer our calls in the future. <laughs> No, I got something on him so he came back for a
0: second episode. <laughs> oh,
2: those, those pictures were in focus. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, just
0: so just like we planned it, Brent. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Always something. No, we're not recording. We're not recording this part. Tell us a story. <laughs> well, hey, before we get started, we just want to thank everybody out there for listening to the podcast. We are well over well over 18,000 downloads already. We're super stoked about that. We're beginning to bring it to other uh, outlets to to, uh, make more people aware of it and y'all are are finding some value in it so we want to number one say thank you Uh, number two if you're on uh, if you like what you're hearing Comment, leave a rating and review on iTunes or on Stitcher or on our website, theclimbshow.com, dot com, and most importantly, share it with other people. Spread the love. Like if it's helping you out, maybe it'll help out a friend that uh, a friend in need is a friend indeed, right? Mm-hmm. Caring <laughs> means sharing. That's right. That's right. Caring it's like means you sharing. You learn in kindergarten, <laughs> <All> right? <You laughs> so with that uh, once again, Jesus wants you to share. That's okay? right. Listen to Jesus. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so uh, that is that what you used to say brent when you wanted the other girls ding dong like <laughs> 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 when you wanted her twinkie you said hey jesus says debbies,
2: okay? you should share
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay oh, i'm glad you clarified the whole, the whole
2: that baked goods yeah. i know you had to pick that one, huh? yeah.
0: pick that one. <laughs> <laughs> well sure. listen uh, we had such a good time with our first yeah. interview last episode with wade sutton from rocket to the stars we uh humbly with our hats in our hands asked him to come back for a second one and we did get some pictures on him so we knew he was going to say yes and uh he he agreed to come back and and we want to talk about something else that Brent's covering uh, excuse me that Wade is covering here which is getting the local media to cover your music and getting the local media to care about you and really building up your local audience first before you branch out which I can tell you from experience is the most important thing that you can do if you've read my blog uh, and and you've been reading it for a while, you know the first tour that I went on lasted almost a year. We went everywhere once. It was really fantastic. Everybody thought we were awesome, except when the dust settled, we came back. And we made, I think, the equivalent of somewhere in 2016 dollars between 250 or 300 grand that year i still owed eight thousand dollars a rider truck so um that was a lesson learned and we went everywhere once instead of building a base locally and then shooting out into a new market where you're going to lose some money in the new market because they don't know who the hell you are building that up coming back making some money licking your rooms going out coming back and then doing that a third time then a fourth time and then over the course of a couple years next thing you know you've got a real solid circuit, And you are playing everywhere every single weekend, but it's not the same place. So uh, with that, press is going to be a key factor. Mr. Wade Sutton from Rocket to the Stars, welcome to the show again. Thanks, welcome back, guys, Wade. I
1: appreciate
0: it. So uh, what's the magic now? Y- y- you spent 18 years in radio. You dealt a lot with press releases. I know you've guided me on several different occasions on copy and the approach to the right way to kind of talk in the language that the, that the media wants to be spoken to so that we can connect and try to get some love. How, how does a local band get the media to give a damn about them? What's the secret to that?
1: Well, uh, it's really not a secret. It's one of those things that is easier said than done. It's a matter of figuring out what your story is. Um,
2: only uh, the story. I got great music. Yeah,
1: well, that doesn't work <laughs> as well with the media. Um, <laughs> right. Doesn't yeah. work yeah. as
2: well <laughs> with anybody. Like the
0: story, anybody. anybody. Yeah, well, you know, right.
1: Here's the problem. You know what? I, I'm that's actually so I'm really, really glad that Brent brought that up because. Uh, you know, a lot of artists on the local level, a lot of artists on a regional level, they they get really frustrated because they have a difficult time getting the media to maybe come out and cover a CD release show that they have. Um, you know, maybe there's something else that's going on in, in their their music that they think warrants attention, and ultimately the media just doesn't give a damn about it. And and a lot of times that comes back to the fact that uh, the artist hasn't really sat down and figured out what is that story that's going to be interesting? Because if it's not interesting, why would the media print it? Mm -hmm. It, 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 People have to understand that when you talk about particularly print media, which is who a lot of people are going to reach out to at first, they're going to reach out to the local newspaper, Uh, they're going to reach out to the local radio stations, depending on where they are, they might reach out to local television. But Newspapers are the big one, the local newspapers. And and I try to get people to understand that when when you're talking about a newspaper, it's a business, mm. and they're, in their business, space in the newspaper is money. So if they're given a choice between talking about your show that maybe they don't think that there's a compelling story there, or running three or four advertisements that are going to bring them a few hundred bucks... Which of the two do you think they're going to
2: go after? There you go. The money. They're going to go after the money because they're <laughs> right. in the
0: business. So, And your story isn't thing. why you wrote your songs, probably. They don't care uh, uh, about that so much unless you can spin it up pretty cleverly, right? I mean, wh- what makes a compelling story?
1: Uh, if it's not there already, finding something that you can put a spin on. Uh, now the thing is a lot of artists, when I sit down and I work with them on things like writing their biographies for their websites or putting together a press release about something is when I sit there and I start talking to them, a lot of times I go, well, yeah, but I'm not really that interesting. I hear that all the time, and it just makes me want to put my head through my desk. <laughs> makes me want to
0: smack um, an artist. Then why are you an yeah. artist? Like you've got to be interesting. That's your job. Exactly. Come on. Yes, yes. <laughs> if all you don't right. believe Look that, at, what are we? What, what are interested. we
1: doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's got to be something. So, I, I, I'm thinking back. There was a biography I did for a guy a couple of years ago. Um, he was from the Philadelphia area, and he was I don't mid 40s maybe kind of a country Americana type of genre thing going for himself. And prior to sitting down and doing the interview with him for the biography, I did some research on him and started looking to see what is he putting out there on his own? What is he telling people about himself before he and I had this conversation? What does he think is important that people are going to find interesting? And um, there was a song that he had written uh, that he put out post 9-11 that charted on billboard and and did very, very well. And he actually ended up receiving, I believe it was two letters of appreciation from the president's joint chiefs of staff. Wow. Uh, It was a a song that was very patriotic. It came out after after the terrorist attacks in in 2001. So, you know, there was a great opportunity for him. So that's what he was always leading with when he was talking to people. The problem was this was, I believe... If I remember correctly, 2014. So this would have been 13 years removed from the terrorist attacks, and the song doing well. That story had more than overwhelmed, you know, overstated its welcome. So when I sat down and I was having the conversation with him, we were about 20 minutes into the into the interview, and I finally said to him, "I said, how did you get started in music? What what brought you to this point?" And he laughed, and he said, uh, "Actually." before I was a, a singer and a songwriter, I was a professional dancer. And I said, oh, that's kind of interesting. What kind of dance did you do? And he said, oh, he said, I get everything. I did hip hop, contemporary, uh, ballet, it was, it, it, all these different types of dance. And I was like, well, that, that's pretty cool. It's, it's something interesting about him that I didn't know. And then he says, actually... I danced on several stops during the world tour for MC Hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) And I went,
0: what? Bell ring, bell ring.
1: (laughs) Um. He says, yeah, actually. And then he said, remember when you guys probably remember this, when MC Hammer was doing all the television commercials for British Knights tennis shoes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said, I was in those commercials dancing huh. behind him. And I said, wow, that's really cool. He said, yeah, I was the only white guy. So um, I said, well, this, this is something that's kind of interesting. And, and it doesn't seem like something... To an a lot of artists, it doesn't seem like something that fans would find interesting. To him, it was just something way in the past that he did had absolutely nothing to do with his music that he has going on today. Why would anybody care about that?
2: Yeah, very different genre. I mean, that's that's not exactly how you get your Americana country cred is by backup dancer for MC Hammer.
1: Right. So what I did was when I wrote the bio. I actually led with that story, but I told the entire story in one line. So I threw it out there to put the idea in the person's head when they were reading it, but I didn't dwell on it. I immediately jumped into the other stuff about his music. It was one line that that was in his biography. That was it. And uh, I saw him a couple of months later at a conference in Nashville that I was speaking at, and it was the first time I'd ever met him face to face. And he came up to me and he said, you know who I am? And I said, of course, I knew who you are. And he started laughing and he said, I got to tell you, you would not believe how many people at my shows come up and ask me about when I danced with MC Hammer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I do
1: believe it. That's why I put it in there.
2: All right. You're like, I'm a professional. Yeah. What's yeah. <laughs> <course I> <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs> yeah.
1: so great about that? You know, we talk about fan engagement at shows and what better way to stimulate fan engagement than to give them something that when they hear it, they're like, when I see him, I've got to ask him about this because it's so interesting. So at the shows, people were coming up and asking him about it, which opened that door for him to sit there and have a one-on-one conversation with the fan, which is exactly what we want.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Some people would be, no, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about my music and what I'm doing now and what you know this is going on right now. I'm not here to talk about the other stuff. I'm not here about MC Hammer's music. I'm here about my music.
1: Right. But and that's when I tell them, that's when I tell them to shut up and listen
2: to me. Right exactly. <laughs> that's when you go I'm a professional. But yeah, it's important because it opens a conversation. It does. And that's, it does. What's, that's what matters. And when yeah. you could hear
0: about why is it interesting to that fan? Well, because M.C. Hammer meant something to them. Whatever it is, could be mm-hmm. heartfelt, could be funny, could be disdain. They, they love they have the Addams Family specific Values memory. movie. Yeah, I mean, they, know, they, they got that anchor is already there. And if you can attach yourself to that anchor, boy, you're in. You're mm-hmm. in. They're going to remember you and that's that's what we want like you know there's a lot of noise out there on the radar screen so here's some great ways to weave your way navigate through that noise and be smarter than the average bear right
1: yeah and you know, you you, you kind of hit on something that I think is very important with artist biographies, press releases when you're going to the media, trying to get coverage, and also I think it's something that permeates into the live show. I think it melds its way into the content that you put out for fans for the content marketing, and that's the idea that artists have to understand that a lot of times. What your fans are going to find interesting about you is going to be the last thing you thought that they would give a damn about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're up on a show and I you know, I hear an artist say, oh, I got up on the stage and I did this crazy technique with my guitar and people were like, yeah, OK, but this person over here makes some kind of a joke about a monkey and everybody responds to it and thinks it's the funniest damn thing in the world that's why it's so important for an artist, you know, be awesome at what you do. But at the same time, understand that the people who are in the audience, they're not musicians. Mm-hmm. So they don't look at you through musician glasses. So they're going to be attracted to things about you that might not have anything to do with the music. It might be something like, you know, the shirt that you're wearing, the funny joke that you told, the story that you told. Um, it, it could be anything like that. It's, it's not always just about the music.
0: Yeah, and if you're like like back in the '80s, you know the guitar shredders would be you would be relating to other guitar shredders, but there are people who the audience had an appreciation for the ability to play guitar like that, and you might blow their minds. But at the end of the day, you're really not connecting with them on that, right? Like because they don't know how to shred the guitar, so they don't they can't really they can't really get in that boat. So they're they got in another boat. They got in the boat of uh, you know how cute the lead singer was, or the lyric that was in the melody, or. Or, or, or whatever there, but the, the 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 talent was icing on the cake, but it wasn't the connection. It was kind of a part of a delivery
1: mechanism, maybe. Right, and there's nothing wrong with that. That that's the other thing that is really important for people to get. There's nothing wrong with a fan being caught up in an artist because of looks or because of something. I'm, look, we 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 are a very visual society. That's just the way we are right now. So, and and that's why we talk about visual components in a live show, why they're so important is because everybody is so visual in nature. Uh, We've become very voyeuristic, but finding those things that we can put out there for people to, as Johnny said, to kind of anchor onto, there are so many different things that they can anchor onto. So we got to make sure we put out all these different possibilities and, and cast that wide net. And part of that is coming from these stories, and it translates over to getting the media coverage. So what are some and, things
0: that, what, is, what are some things that an artist can do, Wade, that's that listening right now, that they can go and do a personal inventory and try to find some ways. What, what are a couple steps that they can take to try to reach out to the media and try to put together something in advance of reaching out to the media that they feel would be compelling? Find, like is, find,
1: find their own stories. Story. Find stories that are inspirational find stories that give people a reason to be happy. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that that media will really attach themselves to. Uh, people who are in a small or medium sized media market actually have it much easier than people who live in a big city. Because in a big city, there's just so much stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And when you're trying to get your story out there, you are competing against every single other possible story. Uh, When you live in a small town, There's not as much going on, so sometimes it's a little bit easier to get your foot in the door with the media and get some kind of coverage in that respect. I know uh, there's a girl that I work with in eastern Pennsylvania. She lives in a town just outside of Scranton. It's very small. I think it's called... German, Pennsylvania, if I remember correctly, and uh, right now, everybody in her community knows who she is. It's a small town. She makes several trips to Nashville for different things. She stays out in front of people. I've written some press releases for her. Um, She gets a lot of attention because of the fact that she is a novelty for the town. I mean, this is somebody, you're in a small town, and now you've got somebody local who's making trips to Nashville. They come back and sing. That's not normal to people living in a small town. And just because of the fact that it's not normal, it makes it interesting to the media. Um, there was a girl that I worked with a few years ago when, when I was running the competition that I did, and uh, she had a video that she put out on YouTube that went viral. And just to kind of give you an idea uh, of what happened with this, she was born with a birth defect that resulted in her right arm from the elbow down missing. And one day she sat at the dining room table in her mother's house and she shot a video of herself singing the cup song from Pitch Perfect, you know, where they sit there and they tap the cup on the ground Mm -hmm. and clap out and yeah. and sing it so she did that she puts that video up and within a week or two this thing just went nuts and she has it she has a good voice uh you know cute girl she was still in high school at the time and you know when you saw it you knew it was going viral because of the inspirational value it was in the comments under the video. People were blown away. Here's somebody who is missing half of their arm and they're sitting there doing all of that stuff with the cup and the clapping and and not letting the fact that they're missing one of their hands prevent them from, you know, holding them back from doing this. So she got blasted with these comments. I remember there was one one girl in particular that I talked to because I, I set up a Skype discussion uh, between Kirsten and this girl's younger sister. It was a woman in the United Kingdom whose younger sister had the same birth effect mm-hmm. and and had been trying to learn the cup song and was getting really frustrated with it. And at one point went into her bedroom, slammed the door, and, and wouldn't come out. She was in there crying. She saw Kirsten doing the video, totally changed her outlook on things. She went in. She started trying to do it again. Eventually, she learned it, ended up setting up a Skype interview between Kirsten and this young girl so that they could meet and talk. And it was a a really great thing. But as this was all happening, Kirsten is from the Pittsburgh area. So what I did was I I reached out to the local television stations in Pittsburgh, uh, the ABC, Fox, NBC, CBS affiliates. And told them, I said, look, this you have a local girl who's got this video that's going viral. It's got hundreds of thousands of views. And all these people were commenting because they're inspired by it. And if I remember correctly, I contacted the TV stations on a Wednesday. By the time Friday night rolled around, the NBC affiliate and the ABC affiliate from Pittsburgh were both at her house. Mm-hmm. With camera crews doing interviews with her, and then a week later, I actually got her on for a segment on the Robert Mangino show, uh, which was a talk show on KDKA radio in Pittsburgh, the news talk station, which just also happened to be the very first radio station in the world to ever broadcast. Wow. So uh, she got to go on there with with Robert Mangino and talk to him, and I think he might have had her on her one time after, but you know that's what i'm talking about there there was inspirational value to her story and because of it we were able to get the media there to i mean not just
2: talk about her but like i said they showed up with camera crews that's awesome know. that's great what about you know i've heard somebody talk about before kind of partnering up and doing some sort of charity kind of thing like in in conjunction with your show Things like that sometimes work to, to make the story like, oh, this is great. They're helping out the local, you know, music program at the high school. You know, they're going to give a donation part of their cover, that sort of stuff. Does that kind of stuff work? or it, do, it does
1: work if you approach it the right way. There are a lot of opportunities there to kind of market that show and take that relationship with the charity and have that relationship with them grow as you, the artist, grows. So... You know, Obviously, you have the things from the social media perspective where you can go on and, and you can hashtag things and try to get the charity to plug the show for you and talk about you know, whether you're going to donate proceeds from ticket sales or merchandise sales or if you're going to do some kind of a raffle that at the end of the night, the money from the raffle goes to the charity. It could also be if the charity is putting on its own event. Mm -hmm. And the artist decides to go and perform for them. But I think where a lot of artists are missing the boat in using that relationship to their advantage is particularly when the charity is putting on their own event. A lot of times those charities are making the rounds at the local radio and TV stations. Mm -hmm. They're doing interviews, they're going on the talk shows, they're talking about what the event's going to be and what people can expect and who it's going to help and things like that. That is a perfect opportunity for the artist when they team up with the charity and they know they're going to perform there to say to the people from the charity, hey, I would love to go with you on these radio interviews. Oh, yeah. And and help you pitch the charity and why we think it's important, mostly if there's a personal connection between the artist and the cause that that charity is trying to help. I mean, it could be something like the American Cancer Society. Uh, they can go on and talk about, you know, one of their relatives, how it impacted their family when somebody was diagnosed with cancer. But it does a lot of things for the artist because it opens up doors of communication with radio stations that the artist alone could maybe couldn't get into. Mm-hmm. But because they're going in there with the folks from the charity, it gives the artist the opportunity to jump on the air, talk about themselves, and be a part of that conversation and build up the the, the networking with the folks at the radio station for something bigger down the line.
0: I got to tell you something. Like We did this exact thing with Bailey James. I want to add another component to this. Um, Brent and I talk in... Like ad nauseum about marketing yourself, about social media, and the importance of that. Well, let me let you in on a little secret. A lot of these networks, a lot of the the video playing networks, uh, a lot of the charities, they all have social media that really, they don't, they're trying to get their head around it, just like artists are, and they can't, and they're not good at it yet. Okay. Yet. So there's a huge opportunity right now for artists who want to go out and aggressively learn about social media and how to really uh, grow the audience, engage with the audience and serve up content that's relevant and personal to that audience and create a footprint. That gives you a leg into that door. We hooked Bailey up with, I'm blessed to say, with this huge organization called the Jason Foundation, which is a suicide prevention, uh, found a youth suicide prevention foundation. They have 95 offices worldwide. They have affiliations with every single one, I believe, of the NCAA football coaches, with uh, Rascal Flatts, with Charlie Daniels as artists, are, are, and with what is important to us in this relationship aside from the message is 155,000 middle school and high school coaches that might help us get in that school, make that school tour that we're trying to do with her a reality but what's important is first of all, this is a particular, Wade you had mentioned like maybe there's something out there that you don't feel that interesting or whatever that important, well this is something that Bailey James deals with every single day, Her, her brother is 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 going through this, and they speak about it publicly, so I can speak about it publicly, okay? But right. they, this is a real issue in their family, a very real issue in their family, that they are having to deal with, with someone that they love, and so she can speak about it from the heart, and because we, we went and reached out to them to say, hey, would you be interested in a youth advocate, number one, which they don't have, they've got Rascal Flats and Charlie Daniels, but they don't have a youth advocate, it is a youth... Uh, charity, not, but it's not a charity. It's an organization that spreads awareness on, on how to understand the. The dynamics of of what an attempt, a suicide attempt looks like. Okay, Um, they they also don't have a female advocate, and I've come to find out because I've been educated from the Jason Foundation on this that that two out of three kids are uh, two out of three attempts on children from middle school to high school age is. Our female attempts right so they're not really connecting with 66 percent of the people they need to connect with so we were very valuable right there but you know what sealed the deal was all the work we did in the social media 18 months worth of, of work on social media and all of a sudden we looked really good because she had an audience that they were trying to reach we were valuable to them they were valuable to us and then of course do you think we were important to the media? Right. I mean, d- did that mm-hmm. create new n- news there? Absolutely. So, so again, guys, like sometimes you don't have to see the light at the end of the tunnel to know I'm just telling you right now, you need to be working on your social media every darn day, like make it happen, expand it every single day, be relentless about it. That will pay off for you in ways that you can't even think of right now where it's all of a sudden like, oh, wow. Check that out. We're real happy because we're getting all these imprints. There's all these people that are responding to these, um, to these messages. We started putting out our messages in October first when we announced her, her uh, official, I guess, title as an advocate, yeah. affiliation, if you will. And and uh, man, the 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 pictures that we got back and some of the responses we got back were pretty pretty astounding. I mean, there's some real troubled kids out there, you know, and we mm. were reaching them. So, all these things, it, it all sort of sets you up to be to look like more of a darling for the media, to be somebody more interesting for the media. Now, that might be a family secret, right? But they chose to speak out about it. That's it's a family decision. But, like, to Wade's point, um, you might not think it's that interesting, but all of a sudden, well, it's real interesting to the Jason Foundation, because they're trying to spread the word about that and save children's lives. And so therefore, she was really interesting to them. And now, look, we've had a whole bunch more press, a whole bunch more opportunities to, to get the name out there, and, and, and a real big set of opportunities to try to, to create the interruption that we need to, for educators to get in to get her into some schools to do the show that we do in the school, you know?
1: Right. And, and you know, too, I, I want to make sure that I stress – We've talked a lot about radio stations and about print media. Uh, It it seems like a lot of music artists kind of hold off on approaching local television stations, particularly when it comes to something like maybe going on the local TV morning show and performing. But I think the artists are making a huge mistake in not reaching out to them. I think the assumption on the part of the artist is, well, they're already going to have a ton of people booked you would be surprised. A lot of these TV stations out there for their morning news programs, they're really looking for a lot of local content. And... If your band is good, you know, if you look professional uh, as far as like the way you dress and your sound, you have a website and stuff like that, you'd be surprised how easy it is to get booked on one of those morning television shows, particularly in small and medium markets. Even even as you start to build things up, some of the bigger markets, I know I have a, a band that I work with that is from the Youngstown, Ohio area, and they've played on the Fox television affiliate in Cleveland multiple times. So they got their foot in the door with one of the performances. The TV station really liked them. They've had them back a couple of times since then. Uh, And then they were on one, if I remember correctly, one of the other TV stations in the Cleveland market. But Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Youngstown's a good, I don't know, hour, hour and a half away from Cleveland. Uh, they're, They're considered part of the Cleveland television market, but... A lot of artists they don't they don't reach out to the TV stations because they just presume that the TV station's not going to be interested or that they're already booked for as much as that stuff they're going as they're going to possibly want, and that's actually not the case more often than you would think. Yeah, what do they it's booked that like the good out? looking the girl that
2: never gets? Go ahead. Say <laughs> so it's like the good looking girl that never gets asked out. Guys just assume she has a date Friday night.
0: Pretty much. Yeah, no yeah. matter what, even if they are booked out, they're not booked out forever. Like, no, they're right <laughs> at some well, point I'll, I'll, they're going to need you to come in there so that like, gives you time yeah. to develop a relationship you know
2: and if you're planning on quitting in the next you know 6 months anyway just you know hang it up now yeah that's <laughs> right you know, it's it's not like you're not going to be around <laughs>
1: yeah right. and, and it's important too to understand who it is that you should be talking to at these at these three different media type places who like do if they you're going to con- if they're going to talk to somebody at the newspaper they're going to more than likely want the entertainment editor that's who they should ed- be gunning for. Entertainment editor, okay. The entertainment editor at the newspaper. Uh, if you're looking to get on the radio, it's going to depend on the format of the radio station. If you think what you have going for you is a news story, then you're going to want to talk to the news director. Uh, if you're looking to talk to somebody more on the music side about maybe like booking an interview on the local music station, then you're looking for either the production or the I'm sorry, the programming director, the programming director, or the general manager. Mm-hmm. On the t- on the television side, th- again, depending on what it is that you're looking to do, if you think what you have is a news story, like what we had with Kirsten, then you're going to want to get a hold of the assignment editor at the television station. The assignment editor is the person who works a shift that takes all of the ideas for news stories, all the different things that are going on, they compile the list and say, okay, this is what we're going to cover, and these are the reporters that are going to cover it. But if you're looking to possibly get booked on that morning show, then you're going to want to get in touch with the producer of that morning show. So it just all depends on what it is that you're trying to do. But th- those are the people who are basically the gatekeepers across those three different sects of media.
0: And now that you know the appropriate titles, I bet you in 30 seconds you could find the names on, that are attached to those titles at each one of those outlets, whether it was B radio or print or um, television
1: piece of cake all you have to do is pick up the phone or go look on their website there you go well wade
0: thanks once again for uh hanging out this this is real valuable information i think i you know i'd love to see and i know brent loves to see it when our when our community does better as the hometown hero that's the best place to start and the best place to grow it up um but that's not all you got for us today is it you got something else you're giving away for free what you got going on over there
1: Uh, Well, if they didn't get it from the last podcast, uh, you can get a free copy of the $150,000 music degree. That's the music business book that I co-authored with former Taylor Swift manager Rick Barker. Johnny wrote the foreword for it, and you can get a free copy of that at www.giftfromwade.com. And when you get the link to go to actually get the download, there's also a download for a 17-page PDF that has... All of my services, all the prices, uh, explanations of what those services are, some things about me. A lot of cool pictures, a lot of cool stuff in it.
0: Right on. Awesome. Right on. Well, Wade, thank you so much for uh, taking the time again. I promise I'm not going to release those pictures now. You, you fulfilled thank you. your obligation. Thank you. are
1: released from your obligation. I don't, <laughs> I don't want anybody to see that tattoo. I mean, right. it might, listen, we might, we, might,
0: we might be a little shrewd, but we're fair, okay? Yeah, yeah. fair. <laughs> All right, guys, right. so that brings us to the end of another uh, episode of The Climb. We're stoked that you're watching. If you liked what you heard, please share it. Sharing is caring. We talked about that at the beginning of the show. And uh, we want to uh, you know, leave a comment, leave a, a rating and review. Let other people know what you think about it. Uh, we, we we keep increasing. We keep having record months here, which we're, we're very blessed that uh, you keep coming back. We want to thank you. Thank right. you
2: yes thank you very much
0: and uh, with that guys we will say keep on climbing
2: and we'll see you at the top